My client is the beast. And this beast will lay wreckage to any man that tries to take that title away from him. Which means the same beating awaits. Which makes every single title defense by Brock Lesnar not only must see, but can't miss. Now, if you're too cheap or too stupid or too blind or too ignorant to spend $9.99 on the WWE Network, let me tell you what happened last night. My client, Brock Lesnar, imposed his will on John Cena. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what they call basic Brockonomics. Only these two unstoppable forces can take pro wrestling and bottled gin and create a damn good podcast. You're listening to the OJP Wrestling Show. This contest is scheduled for one fall, and it is for the podcast championship of the world. First, coming down the aisle from Summers Point, New Jersey, Weighing 210 pounds, this man has a left hook that would make Mike Tyson go to sleep. The master of the big trouble guillotine, Jesse the Killer Connor. And his partner, this man has wine and dined with kings and queens and slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. From Santa Clara, California, the master of the Tropicana Squeeze, and the host of the OJP Wrestling Show, The Juice, OJ Simmons. You got the juice now, baby. Welcome back to another edition of the OJP Wrestling Show, baby. That's right. I'm your host, the Juice OJ Simmons. And the killer, he's not with us right now. He's on vacation, but he'll be back next week, baby. Taking names and kicking asses. We've been on a little hiatus in Hollywood making movies, baby. For the entertainment delightful pleasure of all you fans out there. So just bear with us. We're sorry we've been missing out for you for the past few weeks. But we got bigger and better things to come. Bigger fish to fry. So this week we're reviewing Monday Night Raw and emanated from Las Vegas. So that's right, get your money ready, baby. We was getting on the slot machines this week in Nevada. And uh, Raw st- started off with Stephanie Man coming out to the ring with Daniel Bryan music. Fooled everybody, but I wasn't fooled, baby. Come on now. You ain't stupid, nigga. You knew who it was. So uh, she starts talking a little bit of shit about Daniel Bryan, about Brie Bella, about SummerSlam. All in all, killed the fucking promo, I have to admit. Stephanie is one of the best heels on TV. And um, a lot better than what she used to be about 14 years ago when um, it was the McMahon-Helmsley faction. But um, all in all, I liked it. And then uh, we had a little appearance by Nikki Bella. She introduced her. We talked about how uh, how she's fed up with her sister, with Bree, and all the yada, yada, yada. And it seemed really, really forced. It was terrible. Um, the only other thing we got out of this is that, man... Nikki Bella, baby, that black dress. I know John Cena was happy to see you that night after the show was over. But um, other than that, the promo was actually pretty bad. Um, and more week plug for the 9.99 WWE Network. So if you don't have it, you should go get it. I mean, it is obvious. It's only $10 a month, nigga. You don't notice this shit unless you're absolutely broke. 
So get the WWE Network. Help these niggas. They need a million subscribers. They got to break even. And um, all in all, I mean, the best part about that whole segment was the big ass smack in the face. So I got to say, uh, Nikki and Brie, you know, you got to work on the acting, baby. But y'all y'all coming together. I like the whole breakup of these two. I think it's going to be something good for the Divas Division because uh, right now it's been pretty stale. You got Paige and AJ, which is great. But other than that, there's really nothing else. Um, and then our first match of the evening, very surprising. We had the Big Show and Mark Henry teaming up, arch rivals over the years. And they teamed up against the Crip Lucalpa and Eric Rowan, the Wyatt family. Uh, this was a big and physical match from the start. Uh, very, very, very good match, I would have to say. Not seeing Mark and Big Show in the ring uh, for the past few months on the shelf, you know, doing their other endeavors and uh, injury-related issues. To see them come out here and put on a good match like that with the Wyatts was great to see. And uh, shows that they still got a little bit of it left in them. And um, just a sweet chin music about the Crip Lucalpa. Um, Luke Harper, man, I can't wait to see when this guy goes on his, his singles run, but his, his uh, individual off, uh, offense in the ring, just fucking phenomenal, man. I love the sweet shit music by him. I think uh, Eric Rowan's starting to come a little bit more into form with his character as well. You could see that a little bit in this match. And um, I like the fact that uh, they're putting the, the, the wides back on the show, uh, map a little bit. I like the fact that they're putting the wides back on the map a little bit and that, uh, that they're actually giving them a little bit more credibility but putting them in the ring with... Big Show and Mark Henry. It looks like uh, this could be a good little feud moving forward. And then after that, I mean, we had uh, a segment with Dolph Ziggler and The Miz and the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, yeah. Um, don't like The Miz's shawl. Hated it. Hated it at SummerSlam. Hated it on Raw. And um, it looks like we had a, just a little rub by Ric Flair to just to give uh, Miz and, and Ziggler a little bit of a boost. I don't really like it because it makes Ric Flair seem a little beneath the world title landscape. I mean, this is a 16-time world champion. Why is he endorsing mid-card championship titles? You know, there, there's no need for all that. But whatever they got to do to make Dolph credible, I'm fine with that because the man works his ass off in the ring. And Miz is working the best heel work he's had in a long time since his uh, his WWE championship title run. So I got to give him credit for that. And then after that, we had another segment with Seth Rollins talking that shit, talking about how his, he was victorious at SummerSlam. And um, he got introduced by a little bit of an ice water bucket challenge by Dean Ambrose. Um, I thought this was a very creative segment that WWE did. I mean, it's taking the world by storm. You'll see the juice on the ALS challenge, ice bucket challenge, baby, very soon and very shortly on YouTube and other things for the OJP Wrestling Show. But um, other than that, yeah, it's uh, it was a creative way to do it without just, you know, saying like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'm going to do it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, no, this was this was a cool way to get it on TV and let everyone know that they're donating and uh, that they care. And then in our next match of the evening, it was Paige versus Natalia. Absolutely motherfucking boring. It was really just to continue the feud with Paige and AJ. And um, AJ came out there, distracted uh, Paige. Then we had Natalia with a roll-up. And then that was pretty much it. It was, you know... Just to uh, kind of sell their feud a little bit more going forward. And it looks like that lesbian love thing is getting a little bit more intense with these two. But uh, you obviously know that it's just all for a wall for the title. And then after that, we had a little bit of authority segment on TV. That's right. The, the moment I was waiting for. Um, the authority come back out. And we had Stephanie McMahon switching out to a new black dress. And they were there to present the new... WWE Universe version of the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. The new logo, baby. The 999 logo. That's what we're going to call it. Brock and Paul Heyman came out there and talked a little bit of trash and had some fun in the ring. They started taking photos with the authority. 
I thought this was amazing. I thought it was very, very funny and very humorous. You know, from a heel perspective, it was good to just show that uh, Brock knows he's the shit and he knows that no one can beat him. And, um, you know, Heyman once again delivered an incredible promo, just like the one he did after WrestleMania this year on Raw. And um, he even shot on his kids. And that just goes to show that everyone's a victim when it comes to Paul Heyman, baby. It don't matter who the fuck you are. It could be your motherfucking kids, nigga. Even his own. That's right. I like it. Then it got a little bit motherfucking boring after that because then we had a motherfucking rematch. Intercontinental title on the line. Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. I gave this match a C-. minus. I didn't like it at all that much, but it, it was okay. Um, you know, Miz kept on using that figure four, which no one likes to see. You know, but Dolph does sell the hell out of it, so I got to give him credit for that. Um, the match ended in a countout, plain and simple. I mean, obviously, you know, Miz didn't win, but uh, it just shows he's going to try to chase after it, and he won't stop until he gets his title back to get that mean streak back into Miz, because I think he needs a mean streak. Never really had one, so we'll see where it goes. And uh, next after that, we had Jack Swagger versus Cesaro. I gave this match another C+, because it looks like Jack Swagger's going downhill after two nights. He is pretty much irrelevant again. Um, Cesaro won this match, finally. Cesaro gets a goddamn win. Swagger was on his own tonight, and um, it just it seemed a little awkward not having Zeb out there with him, but that's all right. You know, we don't need Zeb 24-7 to back up Jack, and I think Jack needs that. He needs to work on his own, and he cut not a bad promo before he got to the ring. Um, and JBL ripped Swagger, I mean, the entire time on commentary. Thought it was kind of funny to hear JBL do that, but... More so, he was just ripping him apart, just in general, about how he, you know, lost the match for America, he lost at SummerSlam to Rusev, and then uh, what he did was a travesty to this country. It was quite comical. Um, but other than that, the match wasn't that great. Uh, it was a little sloppy. And, um, you know, Swagger did actually gain some sympathy from the fans, and we got an appearance from Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas came out there, and he tried to cheer him up after the match, and, you know, Hopefully we get something that comes out of this. I think that Bo Dallas definitely needs a little bit of a um, a dancing partner. He doesn't have anyone to work with, just like Cesaro, and it shows that um, you know no one really cares about the character because he's not pissing anyone off yet. So they're just trying to figure out ways to make it work, and hopefully it works for my man Bo Dallas. And then after that, um, we had a pointless Y2J promo. Um, it seemed like he's gonna you know do one more match with Bray Wyatt, and then we're gonna move on from there. He's gonna take some time off with Fozzie. So, I mean, it just didn't it didn't really feel that genuine. I'm not trying to criticize the man. He's been doing it for over 20 years. But um, it just didn't really seem like a genuine, genuine promo that I got a lot of life out of that he's ready to fight back and do whatever it takes to beat Bray Wyatt. I got none of that. Um, then after that, we had our six-man tag match of the evening. Yeah. I gave this one a B plus. Uh, yeah, the team of Rybaxel, who Ryback was in his hometown of Las Vegas. And the Viper Randy Alton. And they took on the team of Sheamus. And RVD and Roman Reigns. Um, it was an exciting match by Orton to start it off. It seemed like the fans were dying to have the hometown boy ride back in the ring. And Orton just kind of played them like a fiddle until he tagged him in. Good stuff. Good work by Orton. Better than what he did at SummerSlam. As far as his in-ring work was concerned. He just kind of didn't sell anything, in my opinion. Um, and it seems like... Uh, Ryback's was just kind of out of place in this entire match. It didn't seem like they should have been meshing together with the five other guys in that ring. And um, they're just not ready to work with top talent or something. It's just, it's sad because Ryback and Curtis Axel have been around for a minute now. They should be ready to work with teams like this in a capacity like this to build their own team up. 
and they're not doing that at all, baby. It's terrible. Um, so, at, at the end of this match, I mean, the spots were good. That's all I can really say. Um, Sheamus, RVD, and Roman Reigns pulled out the victory, and it was a pretty much an entertaining match. It picked it up since the first match of the evening because all the other matches were kind of lame. Um, then we had a Bray Wyatt promo um, just to really get back into the eerie, evil side of Bray Wyatt. And I'll say why. Because that John Cena feud was great, but John Cena killed his momentum. Um, just to give you know, a retrospective about Bray Wyatt, he came in like a house of fire last August, and he was taking motherfuckers out. Daniel Bryan, taking out John Cena. He was, you know, he was... Uh, he was messing around with Kane, so it just seems like all of a sudden that momentum slowed down once he hit, you know, the feud with Cena, and then once Cena won that feud, all of a sudden we forgot about Bray Wyatt and how special he was and how unique this character was, and people were starting to get a little bit bored because, hey, you know, he's feuding with somebody that's going to take some time off in a few months, um, and he didn't win the feud with the big dog, okay? So that that goes to explain it right there, so I think it, I think it was definitely necessary to bring that back. Uh, and then next we had our missing tag team champions in action, the Usos, versus the team of Dust to Dust, as I like to call them, Gold Dust and Stardust. This match was absolutely boring. I really can't say much about it. I mean, it just seemed like they were a little sloppy. They were a little off point here. Uh, I, I, I just, words can't really call it. All these weeks of building up Gold Dust and Stardust, and it just seems like they're just absolutely stale in the ring. I don't know what was missing. I don't know what they just don't have chemistry together, but it just it was terrible. So don't really have much to say is that, you know, Stardust and Goldust came out with the victory, surprisingly so. So maybe we might get something for United Champions with these these four guys, but I don't know. But they gotta do something with the tag team division. They gotta build it back up because they they did spend some time last year trying to build it and now it's kinda turned to shit again. And next up we had a promo Rusev Mats gotta use sort of Murcia with my girl Lana, baby. And the big fat Mark Henry, sexual chocolate himself, came out to the ring and interrupted them. And just when you thought that Jack Swagger was going to continue on with the feud, no. Mark Henry's taking over, it seems like, and he took out that ass. I mean, damn. He kind of jacked up Rusev. It made Rusev look, look kind of weak. And I know that's what they're trying to do to show that he has some kind of weakness. But um, I was surprised to see Mark Henry come out for two segments in one night and nail it. Nailed them both. So good for you, Big Mark. Hopefully they do something with you now with your return. I like to call your slam now the Rick Ross slam. The Big Boss slam. And um, then our main event of the evening, which I gave a B plus, would have to be Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Um, Falls Count Anywhere match voted by the WWE Universe. Um, I did not choose in this because I live in the West Coast and uh, don't get the live feed. Um, but this match was violent. I love that. And I, I really like what they're doing with Ambrose and Rollins. They're making this into a... This is a genuine feud. Um, however, they, they booked this these two so far. It got that real nostalgic steamboat and flair kind of feud. It, it just it, it has everything written all over it for greatness to come. And so far, they've been, they've been shocking me so far each and every week that they do something with each other. Um... The running power bomb onto a plate of uh, of steel chairs in the middle of the ring by Seth Rollins was amazing. I mean, goddamn, it, it can't get no more violent and extreme than that without blood now. So I think that they're using creative ways to to get shock value, and it works. Um, you know, then Kane interferes and ruins everything, and he fails on a choke slam through the table, and then we get a curb stomp by Seth Rollins, and then all of a sudden we got a visit from 
some miscellaneous slate of cinder blocks all of a sudden just so elegantly packed into a corner by ringside so then Dean Ambrose can get slammed into the motherfucking cinder blocks why nigga why I mean I get it you're gonna take some time off you're gonna make a movie you're gonna come back that's cool but whose idea was it to book cinder blocks why cinder blocks and why would they be outside the ring I just don't get that that just made no goddamn sense to a nigga but whatever motherfuckers you know what you're doing but I mean, yes, the the center block stick did look a little fake. Eh, whatever. So, Rollins wins by technically a knockout, a TKO, and uh, that's how Raw ends. So, um, I don't really know how to call this episode. I'd have to say overall it was a C plus. It seems like the guys were kind of taking some time off, and they weren't really all together in the same loop, and it showed. It just showed. And the storylines, you know, we all know that nothing's going to happen until, you know, five weeks from now. It's Night of Champions. So, really, they're going to just take their time. We're going to see Cena next week. Cena will talk that shit. And we'll get back into the to the uh, serious shit, the serious storylines now, back into the groove of the pay-per-view. So, you know, they need to take a little time off. But first, we're going to take a quick commercial break, baby. And when we come back, we're going to get into the yes and the no moments. Then we're going to talk about the snake pit. What's been going on in the world of wrestling? Then, my manager Glorificus. She gonna tell you motherfuckers what's going on in the wrestling world in the California region. And we will get back to all of that right after these messages. You're listening to the OJP Wrestling Show. How about a beer, fellas? Great. George, what's the fuss, Gus? Beer. All around, Joe. Oh, change the pace, Grace. Something special then. Gotcha. Here comes the book. Bull, the Schlitz malt liquor bull. When you wanna change your face, ooh, get yourself a big bull taste. Nobody makes malt liquor like Schlitz. You're so right, right. Welcome back to the OJP Wrestling Show. Welcome back, baby. That's right. Welcome back to the OJP Wrestling Show, baby. And you know what it's time to do? It's time to get positive and negative. It's time for the yes and the no moments. And first, we're going to get negative with niggas. We're going to go to the no moments. No! No! My first no moment of the evening, that would be the Bells acting in general. My God. Shit's terrible, nigga. I mean... Who the fuck is telling these bitches how to act, nigga? It's just like, like, it's just over the top, over the top. And if you watch this show every week with them, and you watch what the segment was on Raw this past Monday, or you need to watch it again, just, you'll know what I'm talking about. Peep it. I mean, this is the very first segment of Raw, and they shouldn't have been opening up the show. I'm sorry. Should have been a mid-caller show. It should have been non-30 segment. Brock Lesnar should have came out first, motherfucker. But whatever. They know what they're doing, right? Whatever, nigga. Next no moment have to be Jack Swagger being slowed down. Jack Swagger being slowed down does not help anyone. Jack Swagger doesn't need the feud with Rusev for the next six months. But at the same time, Jack Swagger needs a, a good opponent in regards to this whole We The People segment gimmick. This whole We The People thing is working. It's selling t-shirts little by little and the fans are into it. So that doesn't mean that we need to give up on him. There's other foreign-related superstars that we can throw out there that he can work with. He's a great workhorse. He can't talk, but he's got Zeb for that. 
So let's not forget that you put all this time and effort into this guy for the past two months, and then the year before that you did it for another two months, and then you just slow him down for no reason. So let's not do it again, WWE. And then my final no moment would have to be the tag team division. Why the fuck do we have the Usos not defending their tag team titles at SummerSlam? They're featured in the pre-match of WrestleMania this year. They basically have no credibility. Yeah, yeah, they come out and dance. Yeah, yeah, they look like the Simone version of the Rockers. But in reality, they don't, they don't do a goddamn thing. They have no interesting storylines, no interesting feuds with anyone except for the, the Wyatts. Now we don't even have that. So hopefully Dust to Dust picks it up a notch for this team because somebody needs to give this team a boost or drop the fucking titles. And now it's time to get positive, baby. It's time for the yes moments. First yes moment have to be Stephanie McMahon and Nikki Bella. Yes, the dresses, the titties. My God, they look incredible. That's right. Um, enough said. Next yes moment have to be my man, sexual chocolate Mark Henry. The return of Mark Henry again. Doing it big. Coming out for two segments. Dominating the very first match of Raw and killing it. And then coming out and chumping Rusev and taking him out too. And cutting off Lana. Like he's about to call a bitch. But he didn't. He said, no, I'm not talking. I'm not talking to you. Bitch. But he didn't say it. He didn't say bitch, though. No. You like that shit. Yeah. So, uh, Mark Henry, thank you. I appreciated that, brother. Welcome back. Next yes moment would have to be the new WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Love it. Absolutely love it. A little bit better than the one that I have, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not taking it back. I'm not going to buy a new one now. But I like the fact that it's all black now more. Um, they took some of that bullshit gold out. Um, yeah, it looks like the same belt, but at the same time, it looks a little more honed. So um, we'll see how long it takes for them to start selling this motherfucker if they didn't have them already. But I like the fact that they had a belt ready for Raw after this whole match with Brock and Cena. Thank God. Because it was, wouldn't make sense to carry around two belts too much longer. So, good job for you, WWE. I appreciate that one. And then my final yes moment would have to be the Rollins and Ambrose feud. I mean, thank God they, they're they able to carry the show for a main event and get the fans all into it. And the fact of the matter is that it's a great organic feud that came from the Shield. Um, you know, wasn't expecting it to be this great. I thought it'd be, uh, you know, whatever. You know, just a typical, oh, you left our team, and now all of a sudden you're the golden boy, and he walks away, and then he goes on to ride off into the sunset, and the other two just fall to the wayside. And that's not what's happening. Everyone's getting a push out of the shield, and everyone's getting the, the major, major uh, attention on the show compared to everyone else. It's the shield. So good for them. I think Roman just needs a little bit of tweaking. They got to do something with him. T-shirts got to start selling. Superman T-shirts got to come out with the big R on it. And then he'll be good to go. But the fans aren't ready to just dump it all into him because I just don't think they believe in him to just carry the company. So his in-ring works good, but something's just missing, and it'll come. And now it's time to go to my manager, the lady that catches the checks that the juice don't want to cash, baby. That's right, Glorificus. And she's about to tell you motherfuckers about what's going on in the wrestling world in the California region. So prepare yourselves. This is my manager, Glorificus. On Friday, August 22nd, come to the Santino Brothers Dojo for Brian Kendrick's Wrestling. Pro wrestling event featuring your favorite SoCal stars. Tickets are $10 for adults, $5 for kids. 8.30 bell time. 
Get ready, SoCal, for AWS annual summer heat event on Saturday, August 23rd in Southgate, California at the American Legion Post number 335. The AWS Tag Team Championship is up for grabs as Los Benditos takes on the Reno Scum, the Mirror Image, Ricky Mandel, The Butcher, Tyler Bateman, and Rays versus AWS lightweight champion El Ridiculoso, Mariachi Loco, and Datura. The WWE will be having a house show at the Valley View Arena in San Diego, California on Saturday, August 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Don't miss the chance to see your WWE superstar favorites live in action, including John Cena, Randy Orton, Kane, The Shield, The Wyatt Family, Mark Henry, and the WWE Divas, and many, many more. Sunday, August 24th, the stars of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood return to the Ocean View Pavilion in Port Winnemic, California for another great day of wrestling action. Already announced, a two-third falls match for the MAV TV Championship, Joey Ryan vs. Ryan Taylor, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce vs. Mikey O'Shea, Rock Mess Monsters vs. The Reno Scum, showtime at 3 p.m. Visit HollywoodWrestling.com or call the box office at 805-986-4818 for ticket information. Get your hashtag Lucha on with New Star Pro Wrestling as they return to the Chavez Cafe on Sunday, August 24th at 4 p.m. Call 818-738-6915 for ticket information. All right, SoCal fans, if you're around the El Monte area, FMLL returns to Florentine Gardens on Sunday, August 24th for a big Lucha Libre event. Ultimo Guerrero vs. Atlantis, plus LA Park, Blue Panther, Piloto Suicida, Kung Fu Panda Lee, and many, many more. Adults $25, kids $12, VIP tickets $30 for all ages. That's right. Once again, if you ain't got a manager, motherfucker, you'll never go anywhere. That's why there's Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. And that's why this is the Juice and Glorificus. That's right. So, you know what time it is? Trust me. It's time to get down to the snake pit, baby. And our first piece of news, baby. First, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, baby, he's gone. I hate to say it. I mean, the time was coming. But the real piece of news is, is that this past weekend at the AAA event, Triple Mania, he came out and he, you know, he spoke for his Mexican people and he basically called WWE racist. Um, we're not gonna get into all that, baby. It's not about that on the OJP wrestling show. I say nigga all the time to you niggas, and it don't matter. It doesn't matter if you're man, woman, or child. It don't matter what age or demographic y'all. Don't matter what the color of your skin. So, um. You know, that hurts to hear that a company like that could have some issues, but hopefully it's not all true. But either way, um, it sucks to see that Alberto Dorillo had to go out like that. He was a great champion. He was a great talent. And now he's, he's nothing. He's nothing in Tripoli. But I'm sure he'll make great money in Mexico, and hopefully I'll get to see him. And then our next piece of news. Kurt Angle recently made inquiries about returning to WWE. Um, he spoke to Triple H on the phone and said it was pretty much to be blown off. And then he called Vince McMahon and Vince told him that Triple H makes the talent decisions now. Wow. So what the hell is going on? 
Is it true? Is it true that Kurt Angle may not come back to the WWE? I mean, come on now. I don't see Triple H saying it's not best for business to have Kurt Angle back in the WWE fold. Whether you're promoting him for a match against someone like Daniel Bryan, or whether you're promoting him for, a, for the Hall of Fame, the man deserves to come back. So, I, I, I'd i be very, very concerned if all of a sudden we don't see Kurt Angle in the WWE in the near future. So, we'll see what happens, but it all could be a ruse. Either way, you know damn well they're reading the dirt sheets just like us. And then also, I mean, everyone in their mama in the wrestling world has responded to the ALS challenge, and Hulk Hogan recently did it. So now, you know while it's going down, everybody, including the Juice, like I said, has done it. And it's getting bigger and better, and hopefully, you know, hopefully there's a new challenge for social media. I mean, this, is, this goes to show that uh, the power of charity, the power of, of the heart, some people actually have good souls to go take care of a charity. And, and that's what I like to see. That's the good thing about it. So whatever way you can do it to be creative, then just do it. Fuck it. You know, yeah, 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 you may not want to have the attention, but whatever, nigga. Donate some money, put some ice and water on your head, but you jump in the pool if it was hot outside there, wouldn't you, nigga? Yeah, that's what I thought so. So shut the fuck up. And also, baby, my man Jeff Cobb. That's right. The man Jeff Cobb is who has been on the OJP Wrestling Show, who represented Guam in the 2004 Olympics, will be getting a trial with WWE the next camp in Orlando in September. And my man Jeff Cobb is only 30 years old, but he's 6 feet tall. He's a badass motherfucker. That's right, he's one of the greatest Northern California indie wrestlers out there, baby. And I just want to say, Jeff, congratulations, my brother. Very happy for you, my friend. Thank you for being on the OJP Wrestling Show in the very, very early stages. And um, we support you 100%. Can't wait to see you, because I know you're going to kill it. And I know you're going to make it on TV. And our next piece of news, baby. The game, Triple H, the COO of the WWE, that's right. He announced on main event that John Cena, that bitch-ass nigga that got suplexed 16 times at SummerSlam, you know the nigga that be selling you motherfucking Fruity Pebbles and motherfucking Kmart sneakers, nigga? Yeah, that nigga. That nigga is going to be fighting for his rematch against the big beast himself, Brock Lesnar. And he's going to get his motherfucking ass handed to him once again. Because with the beast and card, it's going to eat you for dinner, nigga. What the fuck you expect, Cena? It ain't going to happen, baby. That's right. We're talking in character right now. Anyway. Um, but now let's slither out of that motherfucker. That's right. We made it. We made it out of the motherfucking pits once again. And once again, I just want to say thank you for listening to the OJP Wrestling Show. I want to congratulate my man Jeff Cobb once again for his trial for the WWE. I want to just say that the OJP Resident Show, it would be nothing without you, the fans. For all of y'all all over the country, thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for all of you subscribing. And now, I'm going to tell you right now, we're moving on to YouTube, baby. We're moving on up to the YouTube world. You can catch us out with images and stills and little videos and things like that and prick prank pranks and shit like that on the OJP Wrestling Show now, baby. We're going to be doing it big now. So prepare yourself. Yeah, that's right. Not just a podcast, we're now the YouTube video channel. Yeah, some of you like to do the YouTube thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, baby, I wanted to say thank you. I'm the Juice OJ Simmons. You will listen to the OJP Wrestling Show, and we'll be back next week. And we are out. Thanks for listening to the OJP Wrestling Show. Download brand new episodes every week on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, or Blog Talk Radio.